recording Bull Moose in the Colorado High Country. And can we take a drink? You can take a drink. Yeah. I'm going to take one myself. You're leaving? You're going to leave when we start the podcast. I'll get your contact information. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <clears throat> Garrett's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> We're all sad. See ya. It was fun. You could not leave. Drive safe. You don't have a moose hunt to go to. I don't know why you're leaving. I don't have a moose hunt. This is all... That's true. You d you're right. Fair enough. All right. Enough said. Thank you, buddy. All right. Let's give it about 10 seconds of quiet. Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I am... Your host, Trevin Stolzfus, and I'm here in Moose Camp, sitting in a wall tent by Davis Tents. Um, it is the afternoon of the second day of season. This is our fourth day. Sean wants to keep messing with his mic. I think there's going to be a lot of... If, you, if you're allergic to smacking of the lips, crinkling of the wrapping papers... And drinking, you might just know that that might happen during this podcast. Um, but we're sitting here. I got Glenn Vlass, Sean Greathouse, Tanner Vernon, and myself. We've got a couple other guys in camp. Garrett just left. We got Corey. How do you say your last name? Arola. Arola. Like, you can roll a Rolo to you, except uh, right? So Corey's in camp. We got Taylor who was with me on my mule deer hunt. So you're not this you're not the rookie now. You actually have one hunt under your belt, but they're not we don't have enough headsets so they're going to just take pictures and thankfully. Video. Yeah. It gets fun. But I want to start this podcast off. This is a follow-up to what we uh, Tanner you and I have done some scouting out here. Um, this is the, again to to remind people 21 years it's taken me to draw this tag and um, of course the three that gets you really into it and then 18 weighted um, well it's been an exciting event so far yes it has um, I think let's do this let's first of all just go through kind of introduce everybody real quick again um, Glenn, you introduce yourself. Glenn, I, let me first preface this. Glenn go, goes way back with me. He um, is a guy that was one of the first people I'm people persons. Is it what, what's that? I hope I'm a people or a person. Yeah, well, you are. But what what's the proper usage? The first person I met when we moved to New Me uh, from New Mexico to Colorado met you at church and we started hunting together and stuff like that and it you were very influential in with me in the kickoff of going into the hunting industry getting involved and telling a story but first of all introduce yourself so colorado native uh, have been bow hunting since i've been in my early 20s uh, have had the really the privilege and really just been blessed to be able to hunt uh, most of the big game here in colorado and, uh, you know, that's one of the first hunts that Trevin and I did together was I drew a mountain goat tag and, and he helped along. Uh, recently moved to the western slope of Colorado to get away from a few people. 
um, but also to get a chance to be closer to just some of God's great country to get out and hunt fish and just enjoy time. Yes, and you have been gone from Fort Collins now for how long? About two years. About two years. So it's been an adventure to, you know, pick up the family, move to the other side of the state. And, uh, but I had gone to school here really close to where we're at now here in Gunnison, um, up in Taylor Park. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, once you experience that, the kind of the life on the Western Slope, for those that uh, enjoy that lifestyle, it's a real blessing. Yeah, for sure. For sure, it's unique. Very different. What you and I were talking about on the ride in the, in the Ranger, how different just the financial uh, landscape is mm -hmm. uh, you there versus a Fort Collins or something like that. It's very different. Yeah. Sean, you've been on the podcast before. Have you, I? You've yes, you have. <laughs> you've been you've been. It's been a while on the show many times. Uh, but for for those people that don't know you, introduce yourself. Sean Greathouse. Uh, I guess uh, how long ago did we meet? Back in two thousand seven, something like that. Yeah, no, probably earlier than that. Yeah, it's been a while. Been on lots of hunts together, mm -hmm. and uh, um, I don't know what, the, what what more to say. Well, they you're, call me easy. Yeah, <laughs> you are. You are the found one of the founding members of Hamski Archery, um, and uh, which makes the best arrow rests, peeps, and other. Yeah, arrow rests. We we feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, definitely something unique, but we've been uh, on quite a few hunts together, and this was such a special one. That I wasn't gonna miss it. Yeah, you said you've been putting in 21 years. Uh huh. You're a dog. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you've been how many? You're 26. 27. 27 years. Not old. He. That's how many years he's put in for the Colorado moose draw. Yes. Even to a point to where your daughter drew, and killed a moose. And she was not even born. She was not even a twinkle in your eye before you started putting in. Correct. So yeah. that's kind she of killed a bull two years ago. Yeah. So yeah. So I've had the privilege to be on a few Colorado Shiras moose once in a lifetime bull tag hunts, and uh, you know when you uh, when we got the news that you drew, there was no doubt in my mind uh, I was going with you. So. Yeah, well, you would you would have had to beat me away with a stick, and I'm not sure that would have kept me away. <laughs> kept you away, right? Yeah, <clears throat> Tanner. Well, yeah, well, you don't have yeah. to introduce yourself. That's fine. If you've listened to podcasts, you've heard Tanner. Tanner is just Tanner. Yeah. How old are you now? Twenty-five. Now. Twenty-five. Yeah. 25. Getting so old. Tanner, of course, is a field producer for Outback Outdoors, and. Um, you got on this hunt. You were guiding, left guide. I left your guiding, did laundry, threw it in a big garbage bag, <laughs> yeah. and then showed up in camp at about yep. ten thirty. That's pretty much been my September so far. I think was, you even gave him a little grief about not folding that laundry. Yeah, I'm like, come on, yeah. man. I should have. I should have folded it and then came the next day, and then I wouldn't have had to been. <laughs> he wouldn't have woke me up looking for a ranger key at two in the morning for whatever reason well, you know sometimes you get in those in those mindsets where you think you lost something and you need to find it and you can't sleep till you do and nobody else needs to be sleeping if you can't sleep right 
Plus there was aliens or something outside the first night. Yeah, there's definitely something outside. We uh, we got up to on Thursday, which again was four days ago, three days ago, four days, four days ago. So it's Sunday. And Sean and I showed up. Um, we kind of caravan together. Um, when we started putting up this Davis tent, there was a little snow on the ground. It was we'd had a yeah. pretty good cold snap come in, which. Last week when we were in uh, mule deer country, uh, Taylor and Tanner and I, it was 92, 94, 93 degrees, and then the next day it's 30 degrees and snowing. Yep. And uh, crazy weather. So we got here thinking, okay, that storm's gone. It's passed. And uh, we, we got a little, we had a little snow coming over the, the pass, but then we got here and thought, okay, this is going to be nice. And yeah, there was a little snow on the ground. We start setting up the tent and, you know, it's, it's a real nice size, 24 by 16. Well, by the time we were done setting the tent up, there was three fresh inches of snow. Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, trying and, to keep everything dry and. Yeah. Especially yeah, setting strategic. up, you're yeah. starting, we're starting this long, week-long hunt. We want to keep things somewhat dry and yeah. clean, you know. So, um, Tanner was still doing laundry, so, you know. Um, <laughs> but we got here that first day. That was, uh, got everything kind of set up. The plan was to uh, go and check things out first day and glenn you you and garrett were coming in the next day midday yep was the plan so we ended up heading out um we ended up leaving camp at about 10. yeah i'd say it was about 10. and And we we drove all day glassed all day we did spend a little bit of time on that bull that which was kind of cool because of the snow. We mm-hmm. saw the fresh tracks, followed the fresh tracks, because we had actually pulled up and we'd glass and didn't see anything. And that bull was just around. The, you, we just followed his tracks up and then ended up going up a little bit higher and we could see him. And so... Yeah, bedded, for, bedded up in the willows above Timberline. For me, I have no concept of, of size with moose. They're just all big. And here we are, 220 yards from this moose. Mm-hmm. And but all three of us are going, man, that looks like a good moose. Man, he's got deep pads. But he's bedded. So you can't get a good perspective. And he's turning his head a little bit. He's got decent – he had a couple – he had two on the front, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had a double, like a two uh, two on both sides. <clears throat> and we're thinking – just His paddles were – kind of small and close together when he finally stood up when you could reference him off the rest of his body you realize okay he's not that big i mean he's huge he's humongous but as far as when you're gauging you know the average colorado moose that they take is i think you said 40 inches right that's well, the that's average. the average yeah that's killed right yeah it's 40 inches so you go okay that's He's small. And the good thing, I'll be honest, I'm glad that we decided he was small because that was a haul to get up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was an yeah, all-day long ways, long ways back in there. Yeah. yeah. So we got back. Glenn, you were in camp. Garrett was in camp. And we ended up kind of getting things set up, making a plan for the next morning. And the next morning we had two particular spots picked out. 
Well, we went and glassed that night. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's so right. after we got back from our long drive, we got a couple things done around camp and loaded up and then Cut headed some out. Wood, yep. yep, headed out and Sean and I went out and uh, glassed over a big willow bottom and at first when we got there there's nothing out there and then right before dark it's just like it was like magic like those things come out of the come out of the tall willows and all of a sudden there's four bulls out in this big this big willow bottom so it's pretty cool and one of them is a he's a nice bull he just didn't have he only had one front on the one side he had a double on the other side but he's a nice really nice bull so and we had to give him a name oh yeah yeah trey give him trey because trey yeah trey he's got three three brow tines yeah Yeah. so yeah he was impressive his paddles the way he's you know how wide they were do you think how wide do you think he was i don't know i don't i mean i don't know 40 you think, you think he was in the 40s? He was probably <clears throat> low 40s. Yeah. I mean, it's just his fronts were weak. Right. Sage thought 45, just based off of the other, the bull they killed last year. But but it was really encouraging that moose were being seen. Like, yeah. You know, come back, hey, there's four bulls here. We saw another bull over here. And it's like, yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah, right. for sure. Right. Yeah. It's, there's, and we had seen a few cows and one small bull when we were scouting but we weren't really concerned with it because even in the the midst from when our last scouting trip to now there's enough people that are in this area that know i had a tag they'd be texting me hey i heard about this bull or one guy even texted me a picture of a bull that he saw on a fishing forum that was up here at taylor or taylor park reservoir i guess Mm -hmm. what taylor park like whatever it's called and somebody had been fishing there and said, oh, we took, we saw this bull while we were fishing. So he copied that and sent it to me. He said, hey, this like, little bull, young bull. But still, it's kind of, it's amazing how the network of hunters, especially in a unique tag like this, a once in a lifetime, mm-hmm. really can band together, can work to, uh, you know, you can resource other people. So Yep, for sure. And we knew t- also that as, the, you know, during the summer there's so much traffic this is a place that people and i understand because it's gorgeous but it's a lot of people come to you know recreate and ride four-wheelers and all this stuff and it blows sean's mind yeah uh, i would like i don't understand i would like sean to elaborate on what don't you understand because i don't know that you've clearly communicated that to us i don't understand how people can i mean there's 40 little atvs running around and they're jostling all around and driving up and down these roads for fun and i'm going and it's just jeeping it's just a yeah. new side by sides is just the new jeeping and i don't i mean it's just i guess it's just seeing country uh, yeah well it's kind of like see a lot of pretty country it's kind of like hiking so people like to go backpacking right i don't mind backpacking if there's a lake at the end of it yeah or there's a animal at the top that i can right kind of like hiking with no cardiovascular (laughs) it's it it, there's a purpose um four-wheeling stuff like that for me the thought that hey let's go out four-wheeling just for fun doesn't cross my mind unless i want to get to a place where then i'm going to have the fun well yesterday 
we're clear up at what 11,500 something like that glassings basins it's just really remote peaceful and then what eight ATVs all come up and yeah. park at the thing below us yep. I mean just you know right. what 500 yards from us just a an well, armada an army it's hard for us to understand but uh, but at the same time I do understand it because you get to drive if you can drive a road into that spot and look at that country yeah. I mean that's yeah. I suppose if you're a photographer or something want yeah. some beautiful pictures it's gorgeous why I mean it, we don't own the rights to it we, it's not all ours why can't they enjoy it I, I, I I'm in I'm in support of it but it does seem a little peculiar that you would spend that type of money and time and for me it's literally just to drive it yeah but, but my, the views are worth it yeah and my point pre pre rabbit hole my point was that there's a lot of traffic so these i think a lot of these bulls i think we're all decided that these bulls especially like in july are just like june july as it kind of heats up this country thaws out and stuff i think they're just kind of getting sick of all the traffic and they kind of get pushed back in and we we knew as the season progressed that we're gonna more moose are gonna start coming down and there's always cows in the in the bottoms and those bulls are definitely you know they're they're gonna come to the cows for sure so i I, that was just the thing and still i mean we drive these roads and you're not seeing probably half the bulls i mean you come back in october you know when they're rutting hard there's gonna be bulls that nobody's probably ever seen before that just come off of some little hidey hole mm-hmm. and just yeah uh, and the other thing is we are in an interesting time season with covid what are people supposed to do they can't go to the movies they i mean just now people can go sit in a restaurant if you can sit outside you know i mean it's a, a strange time but they can take their family and come camping well not on the western slope you can pretty much do anything on the western okay. slope. <laughs> It's wild west. You're not supposed to say that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah keep that don't come down. to the western slope. It's terrible. There's but a lot of restrictions. That makes sense. Why? There's so many yeah, people. Yeah, it does for sure. So, first morning, Glenn, you and Garrett went up to that spot to glass. Yeah. Talk us through that. Yeah, we we walked down to the meadow and got set up, and I think for us it was. It was delightfully chilly. Um, you know, things have been so warm this summer, and to, it was the first time we'd been pretty cold. But it, um, there was a fresh blanket of snow on the mountains, and you've got these big, pristine meadows. And uh, for a view and for eye candy, it was it was pretty special. And so we get set up, and I think it's kind of like the night before. We glassed the meadow and, and didn't see anything and turn around, and like popcorn, this bull just came out of nowhere. And uh, so he he was out just checking things around, and, and then we heard him. He walked you know, probably a couple hundred yards over and turned around and came right back to where he was and walked down into the willows, and we could hear uh, some grunting. And it's like, is that, a, is that a cow? And pretty soon a cow and a calf came out. So we got to hear, you know, I think, the very beginning of the rut activity. Um, but just to see him and to, to see him out there was a, was a real treat. Yeah. And, and while you guys were sitting there, Sean, tell us about what yeah. we did. Because we kind of had another plan. We were going to do reconnaissance kind of the same way, but in another draw. Right. Well, looking at the uh, Onyx maps, 
And uh, after all the other country we looked over the day before, um, looking at the basin that we ended up going up, um, we decided to go check that out and see if there was anything, you know, notable in there. And you had mentioned that, that they'd been seeing a bowl or two, you know, in the you know upper part of the basin. So we decided to get over there while, you know, at that kind of first light where you could kind of start seeing well and uh, heading up. And as we're going up this draw, it's just, I mean, you know you're going to see moose in that yeah. draw. It's that moosey sucker. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best draw I've seen in this unit since, I, I mean, granted, I haven't seen a, yeah. ton, of, a ton of the uh, unit, but when you look at how big of a draw it is, how much water there is, how tall the willows are, how, you know, you can see benches up on the mountains that, that have willows and have water and it creeks coming down and it looks like just a moose oasis and what'd you call it, the Moosapalooza. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. And uh, what'd we make it? We made it most of the way up the... Three quarters the, at least. Right, and maybe uh, even further. Yeah, maybe seven eighths. Because when you finally said, "Hey, is that a moose?" Well, you were giving me a hard time well, because yeah. I was. I, when before season started, I I was I paid, played a little trick on you, right? And, right. And then I had to take a sip, and on them bumpy roads, I said, "Oh, there's there's a moose. Stop!" And then I took a sip of hot apple cider. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I don't I don't like those type of games when it's hunting season. <laughs> I don't like the, uh, the the boy who called wolf. Right. Well, then I got paranoid because <laughs> I wasn't trying to call wolf. I just wanted to take it, finish my hot apple cider before it got cold. And uh, the other thing you could try next time is like, hey, you know, could I take a drink? Please, please stop. <laughs> it's it's worth a shot. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, when when we got up there, I was, I was like. I, I is that a moose? I didn't want to. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I didn't want to call him like, cry yeah. wolf. And and I, I was on sitting in the middle, and I put my binoculars, and right away I knew because you could see that white because they, you know, they haven't rubbed but for what a month ago maybe. I mean, it's pretty pretty yeah. pretty white still. And uh, yeah, you could see this big black moose broadside, and he looked he looked pretty good. We didn't have a, a, a long look at him, right? And he was along he was on the clear on the other side of the meadow, and the meadow was what five hundred yards across, yeah, uh, five or, or six, or, or, yeah, yeah. So and he was most of the way across, so mm -hmm. you could tell he was a bull. I was able to throw the ten by forty twos on him, and you know noticed hey he's he he's got great fronts but he was broadside so you couldn't really get a good look to see you know if he had multiple brow tines on each side right. or what he had he just looked good he had that cow and calf he was kind of following into the timber so it was almost like uh he was being a little skittish well i don't know that he was being skittish again we've talked about all of the traffic and they just sit there and watch those atvs go up and down those roads and people get out, take a picture, get back in. I mean, they're not getting hunted. They're not getting choused. But in that situation, he was following them back into the timber. So we were excited to, number one, see a pretty, what we thought was a pretty decent bull. But we really didn't know. So, our, so we're like, okay, well, we've got to see what this guy is. We have to either rule him out and say, hey, mm, let's keep looking. 
or we have to say this this dude's the one. So that we came back to camp. Yep. And came, came back. Told we, the told the rest of the crew what we saw and compared notes. Yep. Yep. Hung out, made a plan for the afternoon, and then yesterday afternoon, Tanner, we went. We went back, back in, in there to try to get eyes on it. And we we had the whole crew with us this time because yep. we were going to literally we the the idea was he went in the timber there, he's going to come out there. Yeah. So we kind of staged there and then Glenn and Garrett went up the up the draw even further to get a different vantage point to see more tree line. Just in case he went in and came out another spot. Yeah, and it was definitely a moosey place. Yeah. And uh but you know we we were there pretty much till black dark. I think Sean was still saying, "Well, hey, I think I can see something out there, so, so we've got to stay here a little bit longer." I gotta explain, Sean. God <laughs> come it. So Sean plays these games with himself, and then of course I get dragged into them. And it's all about things uh, like, okay, we're gonna see our food, first moose at this time, and well, he did say at. I think six fifteen or six thirty. No, no, no. You know, no, no, the cow. Yes, yes. You seven, did say seven seventeen. You said you were going to see the first cow. Yeah, seven seventeen. I think. Yeah. You, I think that was your and second time. No, no, I think no, you had no. amended your seven seventeen. Okay. <laughs> Which is pretty. And we were going to see the bull at last, last light. light. Right. So we're basically saying, okay, when and you were thinking when the shade comes over from the tree, the, from the sun dropping below the horizon. You know, mm-hmm. again, big big draw. That the moose is, then the cows are going to come out, and yeah. then at last light, the bull was going to come out. They did come out, just not where we were. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere um, a cow came out. It's at, five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, it's seven that, seventeen. Yeah, that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, we didn't see anything, but we still were pretty confident that bull was in there, and we couldn't we couldn't change plans. Dude, you have somebody had to see him and say, "Is he as good as we thought?" You know, that yeah. first glimpse is to be able you to say. Just, right. You can't just leave him. I no. mean. we know for a fact there's four bull tags in here. We know one of the guys that has one, and we're actually in communication with him. And he's looking. He lives here locally. He's looking for something special, which is great. But you also don't want to say, oh, maybe I should shoot that bull and then you kind of think you can put him away in your hip pocket because you have to be willing to walk away from that bull and and him get shot we talked about that mm-hmm. earlier today that hey if you're not gonna shoot him you got to be willing that's okay for someone else to shoot him yeah because it applies at, at, like everywhere like i mean you're 44 deer hunt whatever i mean if you pass a deer you have to be willing to say all right the next person that drives by is not going to pass him right and that's what happened in unit 44 almost so. every deer we passed <laughs> we came back and was in the bed of a tri- a truck or something <laughs> or somebody but was we knew that i mean that's right. a, that's a risky take yep and in that hunt we ate i ate my tag but it was still a great hunt but in this situation we had our our eyes set or at least i did what are my goals? We talked about them. What do you want out of this moose? I couldn't judge a moose when I drew this tag for anything, and I probably can't judge him now either. But what I wanted was to be able to look at that moose and say, yeah, that's an impressive moose. I looked at enough pictures of past moose, and I had 
an idea of what's the, the guy that killed the, the world record, which is also the Colorado State record. I knew that was, here's that, the high bar, right? Mm-hmm. But then I looked at a lot of good moose. And then I looked at some moose that were like, okay, th- this is a young bull. Mm-hmm. And we were fortunate enough to see that bull scouting. And when we were up, uh, you know, on that, on our long jaunt. Yeah. And that helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was looking for because with moose, it's very different than deer or elk. When somebody sees a moose, their mouth drops mm-hmm. because they're so impressive. They're so big. Mm-hmm. Well, your average person, whether it's a hiker or an elk hunter or somebody who hasn't hunted moose, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, we saw a moose, you know, back here hunting elk, and he's a bruiser. He's huge. He's, he's a yeah. giant. And, yeah. you, and they'll show you their, their, you know, cell phone pictures of him, and you'll look at it, and you'll go, well, that's that's not really all that big. Well, the, the proof's in the pudding when we were driving on the road, and the guy stopped us, and he said, you guys hunting moose or or he said you hunt and we said yeah we're hunting moose he goes okay do you mind if i show you pictures of these big bulls and he shows us these pictures of these young bulls fighting you know sparring so yeah i mean that's understandable but we're also not saying hey i'm holding out for xyz unless we find that bull then we can hunt that bull Mm -hmm. so that was the plan let's get eyes on what did we call him? We call him Little Tex. Little Tex. <laughs> so, why do you name animals, people? Why? The, I'm going to answer that question. I'm, I'm asking this for the audience that's scratching their head, saying, "Why do you name animals?" The I'm only, still scratching my head. Yeah. Well, that's normal. The only reason you you even name an animal is that when you have multiple different ones you can and multiple people in camp and yeah. you're what's the plan you know? and for whitetail it's multiple years of multiple you know so it just helps for classification of what animal is what we're not trying to get cute which just literally helps us understand how to when i'm talking to sean about little Tex, he knows i'm talking about that and not trey who is you know in a totally different drainage 10 right. miles away so, um, yeah, I, I say that because people ask me all the time, why do you name animals? But we had a plan. Let's see if we can get eyes on him. So that night we didn't. So this morning, well. We got up I a wanna, little earlier. I want to stop. <laughs> I want to I wanna, I wanna stop, and let's preface why we got up earlier. Okay. So, Sean wanted had his idea had in your idea to get out there at in the dark and sit there because you were concerned that because we got out there a little bit later that maybe we pushed that bull into the timber i think that's i think it's valid i think it's totally valid Mm -hmm. on the flip side of that coin is the fact that these critters sit and watch Hundreds of ATVs go by, so so the part of me says, well, yeah, but I mean, there's anyway. So we decided, hey, let's get up earlier. We actually left almost an hour earlier than we did the morning before, and we got out to half at least halfway up the 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 draw when it was just getting light. Right. Well, part of part of my thought was, you know, if we're gonna get up there. When we saw him an hour later, or whatever it was, you know, we only saw him for a brief moment because he was already just about in the timber. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get out there early 
we've got that much more time to figure out the wind, figure out, you know, if he's a, if he's a bull you oh, want to go after, right. figure out a plan of attack on how we're going to move in. And maybe there's some more moose. Maybe there's more moose. Yeah. It's just, many, my many thought meeson. was, let's be up there where we were seeing, because we, the, the day before he, we saw four or five cows in that small stretch. Right. So let's just get out there. We know we're in moose country. It just gives us more time to make a play. What I thought was funny is as I get up pretty early anyway, and then I got up this morning and, okay, let's be honest. I got up because I had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Did you stoke the fire? 50. I'm approaching 50. You know, it's it's just way of life. It's my alarm clock now. I did. I got up and I had kind of got the fire going. So boom, boom, boom. And I was going to lay back down. I don't think I did. Maybe I did for a couple minutes. No, then. no, there was no laying okay. back down. <laughs> so I, it's 4.30 in the morning. I got the coffee going, got the fire going. You know, I'm kind of a pretty good little I'm, hand yeah, in I camp. appreciate it, really. But I, I mean, do too. Usually you have to, so having guided in wall tent camps, usually the play is, you pretend like you're sleeping long enough that somebody else gets up and starts the fire. Then it starts to get a little bit warm. You can unzip your sleeping bag. And get up. And get dressed and everything, and you're all good. That's kind of the general play. With Trev, it's just automatic. Like, you don't have to even pretend. You can just lay there. And he knows you're awake. He's still going to do it. So that's kind of nice. Well, honestly. I like to have coffee in the morning, and I like to have a, a warm place to get dressed. So I got up. Went walking around, got it, you know, got coffee started, got the fire started, and then I think you were the first one up, or maybe you were. No, I think Glenn was. Okay, Glenn yeah, was I first said, one. Okay, because it was it was uh, the instructions the night before is we are leaving at five thirty. <laughs> yeah, wheels up. Yeah, five thirty it is. And but so, I, who did those instructions come from? Um, not you. Right. I, I believe I, I believe I uh, supported them wholeheartedly, but I believe this instruction came from the Sean. The moose guy told us. Right. So, we, I mean, you got to do what he says. So when Sean finally did get up, he was giving us about every 8 to 15 minutes when the wheels were up. Like, you've got 37 minutes till wheels up. 37 minutes, 27 seconds. So we were pretty organized. We had our coffee. I actually went and had a chance to, to relax a little bit, get, get my system go, and then a moose walks right by camp. Yeah, I walked outside to, to pee, and I'm, like, standing there, and my truck is directly behind me, and I hear sticks popping on the other side of my truck, and I'm like, what in the heck? And then I hear, whoa, whoa. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. So I walk in here and I'm like, uh, guys, I think we, I think we got a moose out here. Sure enough. And then I was actually in the woods, but I was doing something other than peeing. <laughs> and I heard the sticks and I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm really in a very vulnerable place. Here. <laughs> but it worked out okay. He didn't stomp me to death. And then we came back and I talked to your buddy Sage and he said, yeah, the guy stopped in and said there was a moose that walked right down this ridge out to the main road. And uh, we don't know how good he was. But anyway, so we had a moose in camp. That that had to have been a good omen. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Well, it was really encouraging that, I mean, we were starting to see rut, rut activity. I mean, bulls grunting and, in camp. And cows. Yep. We and, were hearing cows. And bulls were starting to follow cows into the woods and hanging out with them. And it's like, yeah. hey, maybe maybe things are starting to get rolling here. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. So we actually loaded up, headed out. We were in position. Um, we kind of did a little bit similar, except that you decided to go on a walkabout. And you headed up the draw, still pretty dark. Glenn, you guys. Well, he saw a bull elk in the meadow right at first light. Oh, that's true. You did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and you, we came and looked at him, and then you guys got set up on the perch. Yep. And you and I decided to button hook, as, as they like to say, and we went around and checked out the other side of the of the lake. Yeah. Which that was it was a gorgeous yeah. morning yeah the fog coming off of the lake would have been the only thing that would have been better is if there's a giant bull standing on the other side through the fog that would have been pretty cool but it was a yeah really pretty morning well just for context when we say that this is a pretty meadow i mean you're looking as as far as about as pristine as you get but you've got snow-capped peaks up over 13,000 feet pretty much surrounding you. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a pretty special place. Yep, for sure. Well, when I first came up here the first time with and met Tanner and to, came up, to come up here to scout and stuff, we brought our fly rods, and there's some amazing little creeks and stuff like that. It's just, it, it literally is gorgeous. And I looked around, I saw all these people out recreating, right, driving. How can I blame them? It is gorgeous. Yeah, it, it is, is a really pretty area for right. sure. I mean, John Denver. Oh gosh. I mean that. That John I, Denver's. <laughs> that's, that's a line from Dumb and Dumber, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but you know, not the Rocky Mountains would be rockier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys probably have buddies of your own that you have inside jokes, and one of them is is the. Yeah, that scene of in Dumb and Dumber. That John Denver's full of crud. But anyway, it's gorgeous. I it it, it really is. So we get up there. We kind of convene back together and decide. Okay, the bull did the bull didn't appear. Here we are. That evening before that, maybe he's just cruising. Maybe he wasn't following. Maybe he just happened to be walking that way and went into the timber. All these things are going through your mind. So we end up heading up. A little bit we all jump in uh the rangers and head up just a little bit just to check out that that furthest part of the draw before we come back and hunt our way out and i mean by hunt our way out we're go going up to a spot we glass moose are not hard to see unless the willows are 12 feet tall yeah. but most of these willows are six foot four foot six foot tall some 12 foot willows yeah. but they're not hard to see so we're going to kind of work our way glass 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 work our way out well we get to the very where, where we're about to turn around and I, did i see him or did you see him john saw him i think yeah, i was like right there yeah and <laughs> right there and so we look and there's two cows and then behind them the bull picks his head up my heart skipped a beat. <laughs> uh, I'm, I've got to be honest. Here I am going, okay, 
We're not going to go after the first bull we saw in scouting. Trey's out of the question. You saw the bull that swoops up. He's mm-hmm. not very wide, but he swoops up. He was with that cow in that drainage. And we took a good look at, you know, we got some good phone scope of him, and we got some good stills of him, and everybody had a chance to say, you know, we know where he's at. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but let's let's keep looking. So, so now we have our eyes on Little Tex. Little Tex. Yeah, so we got to see that same bull that we saw, and he's right there. He's got three cows. He was really interested in one of them, pretty yeah. sure. Um, the other two were just along for the ride. And we're looking, and he's about from where we ended up working up to the ends of the trees there. He was about 100 and 50 maybe 200 yards into the willows again uh you know anywhere from knee-high willows to waist-high willows and uh, not really concerned with us we were really fortunate the wind because the wind was kind of a crosswind which is kind of the way we were going to have to approach him anyway because that's where the cover was the other thing I thought was we were fortunate, he wasn't directly out in the middle of the meadow. He yeah. was more toward that left-hand side if you're looking up the, the roadside. Yeah. 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 Well, and the cows were staying put for the most part. You know, it's not like they were heading out. That Everybody, you know, they all seemed to be pretty content feeding and just hanging out in the uh, the willows. Yeah, I think the first part of that conversation was, is he a shooter? Is he... I mean, talk about that a little bit. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime. Yeah. That's stressful. You know, I looked at him. I think twice I looked he back like at Tanner. He looked like a record, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And I looked back at you and I said, what do you think? And you're like, dude, whatever you want. And I, I wanted you to say, yeah, he's a sh-. I wanted Sean to say, yeah, he's a sh-. I wanted Glenn to say, this is a bull that's worth. Because I don't trust myself. Um, history has shown... <laughs> Well, that. we we weren't gonna let you shoot a a dink. No, no, and I appreciate that. But history has also shown that I'm not the greatest trophy hunter, and that's I'm okay. A, I'm an equal opportunity archer in regards. You know, I, score is just a number. You know, I I I, I, I we were saying this earlier. I don't I don't think I've ever entered anything in any type of yeah. record book. Yeah, it's not about that really, no, but. No. But again, but knowing that you kill a, a bull, more than likely you're never going to draw another bull. Right. And you kill a bull, you're done. Right. So there's a little bit of pressure. It's not like hunting elk. You can hunt elk again and again and again right. and again. And, you know, you can shoot a raghorn and be fine with it and throw the meat in the freezer. And, you know, there's always that possibility of having that, that trophy mm-hmm. in future years. But with a Colorado bull moose there's a certain amount of due diligence right you gotta you yeah. kind of feel like you've gotta get a good represent you know yeah, a representation of the species and that's what I wanted but the problem was to me he could be a 32 inch wide moose and I mean the first bull that we bedded during the, I thought he was beautiful so here we are I see left side he's got these three massive brow tines right side he's got these three massive brow tines he looks wide i don't know was he 35 inches was he 45 inches was he i knew he wasn't 60 inches yeah. but i knew i mean you know how wide is he? i don't know he looks great to me 
So I'm looking back, and I think I'm looking for affirmation from everybody. Because and everybody's afraid to say anything. And, and, and every well, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's your. That's what it boils down to. If you're if you're happy with them, we're not going to let you shoot a twenty-five inch bull. Well, we know? might, but, but I think not, we, not not this early in the not, season. Not on day two. I think we all agreed though that it was a it was a really nice bull. Oh yeah. You know, I think we. You know, it's like you know, Trevin. That's a that's a really nice bull. You can sit and nitpick. A, I mean, you can nitpick a big bull. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Yeah. You can nitpick a, a 55-inch bull. Like, well, he could have more points on that side. He, I mm-hmm. mean, that's just something you can do. It's, it is with everything. Every big bull elk has got a tine that's, you know, not quite as if long he, as if, the other if, ones. You know, if his fifth's only matched on his left side, then yeah, it's his all, right. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. So I'm looking at him. And I think I told you, I said, let's, let's go make a play on him. Mm-hmm. And so the plan was you, I'm pointing at Sean Greathauser, took the Montana decoy. It's the moose rack decoy, Mm -hmm. not the big full-size moose decoy, which you could hid a small family and possibly their (laughs) their grandkids behind. Huge. It's the moose one. You talk about uh, what you brought because I think it's unique that you went to the lengths that you went to to – and why you did it. So talk about your strategy there. So I was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, spend a little time at some of these other Shiras uh, hunts. And one of the strategies is, you know, rattle them, rake the trees and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to let them know, hey, there's more moose. You know, if if there's a moose in the... uh, Drainage. A lot of times they'll come out to investigate. You know what's making that noise. What what bull has moved in in my right. territory? And so, um, and I learned uh, the first time we ever tried that technique was with a beef cow scapula. Yeah. And the beef cow scapula actually worked pretty good on Colorado Shiras moose. Um. But and we actually called in a bull. Um, several years prior my business partner killed one and uh i was fortunate enough to take a scapula off that bull and then go to alaska last year Mm -hmm. and the moose scapula has a much better resonance it's more of a hollow sound sounds like yeah sounds just like a moose super cool and a moose raking brush is so much different so distinguishable from a deer or an elk like when you hear an elk it's just you hear the tree basically breaking or whatever and it's just a, right. such a cool well they got satellite hollow. dishes yeah. on their head so yeah it's a pretty cool sound right so so i was one thing i kept from my moose uh from alaska was both scapula blades yeah and they were in the freezer um and two weeks ago i was like yeah it's probably time to boil them and get them cleaned up for Trevin's hunt and uh, I'm going to bring those with us and uh, so I, I went with the uh, Montana decoy just the bull rack and then uh, a scapula blade from my uh, 2019 Alaska bull so you're what you and I talked about was okay hey you keep his attention we're going to work up here in this tree line we're going to come out. We're going to try and get level with him, which is also going to... See, you can hear the ATVs going by right now. Good for them. 
Um, but oh, here comes another one. But we were going to work on the tree line. Yeah, you and Tanner were going to go. The wind was going to be perfectly in our face. Right. So the idea was, okay, we come to the tree line. If they start to come into the tree line, we're already there. Or we get to the edge and perhaps we're able to move in on Move them. in on them. Yep, right? yep. We're, we're unsure a little bit about how timid or how aggressive to be at this juncture. Right. So Tanner and I get over and... We got quite a ways over, which is what you expected, yep. and you thought we were still there, didn't you? Well, I did, and and so we were just, yeah, Garrett and Glenn and myself, we were all just filming the bulls out there and picked a nice place in the shade so they couldn't see us and, and just kind of hanging out. Well, the bull started going back towards the, the opposite side of the you know clearing, and it looked like he dropped down into river. It's just a turned out it was just a low spot but it looked like he was crossing the river and getting ready to go to the other side and bed and when he did that i was like well let's let's hit the scapula blade now yeah you you brought it all the way you did all the prep let's use it let's use it it was funny because when you hit tanner and i kind of looked at each other we looked back out there and that bull picked his head up and he turned and he started coming and what we realize is we have no play Tanner and I were like, we have no, we have to get back towards you guys and tuck in the tree because the way he was, I mean, he was lined out heading right for you. Well, when he first, I mean, you hit the, you know, the scapula on the tree a couple of times and you had the decoy out and the whole demeanor of the bull changed. And he went to being, all right, I'm not just out here. Is that, hey, there's a thread over there. And he did his own raking. He started grunting, and you could hear him. And you'd, oftentimes you just hear his mouth. You'd see his mouth. Um, and he, I was concerned. He's like, he's going to come all the way. Because yeah. he starts coming, and he's, he's purposeful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're like a big Mack truck. Right. With this rack on it. Yeah. So when you did that... How far you were standing with Garrett and yeah, and we were just we were all kind of grouped together, and, you know, in, in the shade of a pine tree. And, and I we can't see you, you can't see us. Don't know where you are, but figured you were back there, kind of in line with him, you know. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna here he comes. He's coming. He comes back, you know, towards what? us. And my uh, assignment was to keep the attention you know away from you and so that you can move in and and make a play and when that bull started coming in you know glenn glenn made the comment yeah i was getting ready to rake he's like no no just just let him let him be and and then every time once in a while if he'd look back towards where we thought you were i'd give it a little jingle and it would it would just take his his focus from whatever was going on in the trees which is where we thought you were and it just it it turned around and he either stood still or started coming towards us right so now let's jump to our camera angle tanner and i have worked into this little opening that allows us we were 15 yards from the edge of the meadow probably and there was a big pine tree and we watched him and we hustled when he started moving we hustled 
But when he came, he didn't just come straight, which would have put him about 50 yards out in front of us. He came and headed this way and then came. Yeah, and we, so we, from where we originally were, we went back towards these guys because to try to get in front of him because he looked like he was going right down the tree line, and which they didn't know that we had closed that distance. No. And we, you know, we came back almost to the end of the trees, you know, probably, what, 40 yards from them? I think yeah, from four, beginning, four fifty, and then you ended oh, up thought, moving forward. And I thought, I thought, okay, this is perfect. I started moving out into the clearing, using a lot of the willows and sage as a as cover. You know, swaying the yep. swaying the decoy, and you know, raking on the on the willows and stuff. And my my goal was to turn him out, kind of quartering away from you guys, because I thought you were behind him. That would give you the opportunity to move in mm-hmm. and get a quartering away shot. And in reality, we were set in a spot where we got to see him come all the way. Again, this is through the trees. I I, I wouldn't have a shot anyway because he's going to be head on. But And then come to the tree that's 20 yards, maybe not even 20 yards away, but he's on the opposite side of it. So that puts him about 25 yards away, and he's going to walk out, and I'm going to have a 25-yard broadside shot. Tanner ran a camera over my shoulder. It's going to be epic. Except that he stopped because that was a really yeah. good tree to rake on. And I, and I understand. I understand you're going. What's he doing? What's what's Sean doing? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm looking because now I can see you. You're not seeing me because you're focused on the bull. What you don't realize is, I need that bull to take two steps, and I got a 25 yard, maybe even 22 yard shot. Yeah, at it. it was pretty close. Yeah, I thought you were. 40 yards back yeah so the crazy thing was in some of that time there was times i could see him and he'd stop tanner couldn't see him and i could be able to you know give updates well when he stopped and he was just about ready you know i'm i'm even hooked on my release i'm ready to draw back tanner can see him fine i can't and i'm like is he still there you know it's that yeah the unknown and we got to a point where it happens it happened for so long it was a, a mexican standoff is what it was for 30 it was, 30 what? minutes no. no it was probably 10 huh yeah 10, 10 or minutes. 15 that's, at the most. that just shows your yeah. <laughs> your state there yeah <laughs> i might have been on high alert yeah. i was going to say there the adrenaline could have been starting to flow pretty good yeah but i sure. i think it was actually good it got i got to kind of come off of that high and start to calm down a little bit to it yeah yeah. and then when he turned after that little instance where i'm like i'm gonna kill a bull well that's i didn't know and then all of a sudden i look over and there you guys are coming i'm like you guys are supposed to be back 40 yards what are you doing (laughs) i'm like i'm look i turn around i look at garrett and glenn and i'm like okay i better start taking the decoy coming back well and i think you had i mean it, it it, it did work, you know, as far as just changing the whatever was going on is just trying to keep keep it moving and keep in front of that bull. Right. Yeah. And so he kind of turned what we found out, what you guys found out later was there was another cow that he was looking at. He was never looking at us, but you still were trying right. to keep his attention on you, which is what we talked about. So there's another cow and that was the cow he's really very yeah. interested in. Well, she's about. 30 yards off of the tree line. Tanner and I backed up and came 
kind of back into the trees, came back. There's a little trail there, and we followed that trail, and we got to a spot where we could see the bull. He was... He'd moved back out. Yeah, he'd mm-hmm. moved back out. I think he was what, 120. 120. I yeah. ranged him, and the and the and the elk was the or elk. the cow, the elk. Yeah, <laughs> the cow, uh, moose was 76. I think I ranged. Yeah. She kind of wanted. Well, so she's standing there, just not a care in the world, and he's just looking at her. So I'm. That went on for 20 minutes, probably. Right. Yeah, and we're we're sure. kind of back there going, okay, well. The bull's off. And, and so, but then something happened that was interesting because here we are kind of at where this trailhead is and you, a guy comes up who had, had a, had an elk down further up that trail. Right. And you got a chance to talk to him. So yeah. kind of so, talk us through a little bit of that because we don't know this. Right. Glenn, you want to take this one? Yeah. So, um, the guy comes walking up and I kind of give him the signal kind of like, whoa, whoa, hold on. And, and so he walks over and he goes, you guys hunting? And I said, yeah, we've got, there's a guy up here in the woods and, and he does have a moose tag. And uh, he goes, well, that bull's not the biggest bull in the valley. He said, well, if you're going to call that one little Tex, there's big Tex and he's, he's in this general neighborhood as well. And he had video of him. He had video of your bull sparring with another bull. And he's saying, you know, there's a substantially bigger bull in this unit. He hasn't seen it for a couple of weeks. And he, and he started pointing. And and he must have had some sort of problem with his arm because he could only point up at about a 45-degree angle <laughs> um, as to say, and then where's this? And, he, you know, he's pointing that it, it's it's way up in there. That's where, <laughs> that's where, where you're going to find him. And, you know, so... All of a sudden, you get this new bit of information that gets just interjected and in saying, you know, there may be a bigger bull in this valley. You know, we don't know this guy really at all. Well, and he, he didn't have any video of that one. He had a couple foggy pictures. Yep. And the foggy pictures looked okay, but you couldn't tell much because he was in the willows. And, yep. I mean, we, we couldn't get a good look, but he was saying, yeah, that's the, that's the smaller of the two. And uh, this one was a pretty good bull we were looking at. And uh, so after that... So, so it's kind of like, you know, we at least lead, need to let Trevin know what's going on. And this bull, has, it, you know, apparently he's gone farther out into the, to the meadow. And it's like, you know, we have time where we could come around and at least share this information right. with you and say, hey, this is going on. And that also put Sean over with you guys, which I think was was just a great thing to happen. We, I think we learned a lot. I don't know about you, Tanner. I, I, I mean, this is my first moose hunt. And I watched a lot of YouTube videos of people telling you how to, you know, you pinch your nose and then, you know, all this, right? Well, I've had no experience with that. And I'm sure I looked hilarious in the office watching YouTube trying to make these noises, right? But... I wanted to be able to, if I needed to call, the, whoa, whoa, you know, that type of a, uh, of a call to get an attention or stop a bull, whatever it might be. Well, we're, we're looking at this bull. You had had really good success with the raking, and you were even calling a little bit. So yep. we're feeling like Sean's got something up his sleeve. Sean's, Sean's, this is Sean's, not Sean's first rodeo. You know, you've been on two bull, uh, two moose hunts, 
where you guys killed good good moose. Um, your daughters and Andrews. Um, and in Colorado. In Colorado. So so I, in on all honesty, Glenn, you've killed a, a moose in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so there's some experience there. Here you are coming with this information, but I see you and I'm yeah, like, yeah. come on, come on, no, come, no, come no. on. No, you were like, oh yeah, well, you're like, fr- you're like freaking out, like stop, there's bulls right there. You're like, uh, duh, yeah. there's bulls right there, we know. Yeah. So you came up and you said, what did the first thing, kind, kind of a smart aleck little thing, you said, he's the little one. I think was, you said something like that. Know. And I'm like, he's the little one. I said, he's a great bull. And you said, oh yeah, he's a great bull, but there's a bigger bull here. And I said, what? I had to at least, you know, pass on information. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we felt sure. it was our, our obligation. Yeah. To... So now here we are. A new quandary has been thrown into the mix. And, and so I, I'm looking, I'm like, well, do we let this bull go? I mean, I'm like, he's beautiful. He's right there. And then I think you you, you might have said, well, hey, let's let's call, let's get some more video, yeah. let's yeah. see. Yeah, let's, he said, let's, well, why don't you come with let's me? Let's get aggressive with yeah, him. Yeah, let's. Why don't you come with me, you know, and let's see if we can get him to call him in. Well, it's going to be f- great footage, and there's a little bit of an opening that we were going to expose ourselves if we were going to get over to this other tree where the wind was going to be perfectly in our face, and you know we could get aggressive. So you went across that opening first, kind of dragging the, you were doing the Montana decoy, the, the, the little sway with the, with the rack, and you were dragging on some brush and stuff, you know, with the scapula, and it looked great. And the bull bows up again a little bit, and the cow looks over, but again, they're not alarmed. And then you snuck over, mm-hmm. and then I just walked over. <laughs> I'm like, they don't seem concerned. And then I got behind you, and... I think I even knocked an arrow. I didn't knock an arrow. I, I, I left the arrow in my quiver. And um, Well, I think I told you, I said, if, if if there's any inkling of you wanting to shoot this bull, you probably ought to knock an arrow. And you're like, I don't want to walk that close to you with an arrow. Not. <laughs> for safety yeah, purposes. Right. So we move out, and now we're going straight at them. We still have 15 yards of brush between us and them, some little pines, some willows. And you just start swaying and swaying, and and here he comes. Now he didn't he didn't like he wasn't there in a second, but no. but he'd stop and rake and right. Yeah. But what I thought was really interesting was he definitely when you started pushing on him, he he his response was to come to you. The other thought I thing I thought was weird was the cows did too. The yeah, well, cows started. You, you got to keep my. That that that's not easy. That takes years <laughs> and years of practice technique. You got to know which willow to to rattle your scapula on. I mean, Sean better go buy a lottery all, ticket right now. It's yeah. all it's all technique <laughs> now, uh, Trevin. So we get, and I'm just like, wow, this is cool. And um, and then I think that's when you told me, well, if you even think you're going to shoot this bull, then you better knock an arrow so i knock an arrow and at this time he's probably 50 yards but he's coming through and again being super aggressive we move in and we get to a spot where he if he walks through i'm gonna have a good you know 30 yard broadside shot or whatever oh he didn't he he backed 
this way. So we ended up moving again over, and then it didn't look like we were going to have a shot. Um, Tanner, you were behind me. You're you're at an angle. Then I got to one spot, and I'm just like, no, I'm. This is cool, but I'm not going to shoot him. And I, I think I even turned to the camera and I said, you know, it's a once in a lifetime. It's I mean, I think there's bigger bulls in this unit. And then, you know, I took my hair off to yep. put it in my quiver. You put it. You actually put it all the way back in your quiver. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then you start doing some more stuff. Boom! Here he came. Well, Again. yeah, because he turned and walked back away from mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. forty yards or whatever. And, and get, it was going to be a fifty. 55 yard shot i think right. i arranged him well, yep. i'm not doing that yep um not not that i couldn't make the shot but right i mean if i'm going to kill this bull i wanted him up close and personal with a really good opportunity right. to make a great shot well in a situation like that you, you find the yellow willows they resonate a little better <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> So Tanner, what are you seeing from behind? Because you're here, you are. You're running a monopod. You're running the 70 to 200. Yeah. And you're uh, you're mic'd into me, so you hear every little yeah. thing I say and whatever. No, it was, I mean, it was just cool to see his reaction, you know. And I'm looking past you guys, and I'm, you guys are right in front of me, and you got moose like right on the other side of you, and the cows too. You know, they started coming in, and I mean, that was just the coolest calling in a moose has to be one of the coolest things ever i mean calling in a like a big bull elk is awesome but just that interaction is oh, it's so cool those cows they were talking to yeah that was that was but something they were making that really long wine it no. was more of a little short yeah just like just talking like yeah a, so pretty soon they get turned around and now they're coming to the left of us and there is uh, I think you and I even spoke about this to each other at the point. If they get much further, they're going to wind us, yeah. right? Because they're, kind of, but they're also coming in a situation where I'm ranging. They're 21 yards. If that bull follows, he's going to give me a phenomenal and a nice wide opening between two trees. Tanner over my shoulder. It'd be great footage. I'm with you guys. I mean, what a great. We decoyed him in. We called him in. We scapulated him in. I mean, all of these factors on top of each other. What a story. And then he stops. And I, the cows are now about 14 yards. And you could shoot any one of them yeah, easily. For sure. And all I need him is to step out. And he turns and goes away. And so we we actually shifted over to the other side of some brush and I range him and he's like 24 yards. And I think you even said there's too much brush there yeah. because I couldn't get an I, I could shoot an arrow there. Yeah, I was Most likely I was going to deflect and yeah. You know, yeah. Not a bad deal. So, I've already seen that. So we had to turn him around again. So we move again. Now we're in we're moving towards these cows in the open. <laughs> I mean, we're getting aggressive. We move to the left of the tree. He gets turned around and comes back. And I think at one point I came to full draw and I didn't have, no, you didn't have the shot. And he turned away from you when you came to full. Yeah. So then you just, that you had doubt. No, 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 no. So of course I let down and, um, there was one point he stepped out 25 yards 
I had him. Cameron didn't. Yeah. You had too much brush in Mm -hmm. the way. So then you moved, and that was the spot where you had him perfect, and I can't shoot through. Again, juxtaposition. Now I'm going to shoot this bull. If he's going to do this, this is too. This is too fun. Yeah, it was a great encounter. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I not, don't know not how it could have been better. Than, right. It is. That was awesome. So I'm I'm all in, and in my opinion, this bull is uh, king of the mountain. I don't care what some guy that wandered up the trail said, yeah. to, said yeah. to you. This guy is is the bull I have my heart set on. But can we turn him a fourth time? And you did. Well, that's asking uh, a lot of I the guy. I know if that's a question for Sean. <laughs> he could have turned him a fifth time, sixth time. No, he didn't want to leave his cows, and the yeah. cows were there, and the cows wanted to see what what this other yeah, bull what they was were made working of. with. They're like yeah. well, maybe this guy's. I don't think he wanted to leave the cows. Yeah, truly, no, I, I don't think it. Honestly, I know I was joking a little bit there, but I think somebody could have taken a piece of wood and rattled it, and this guy would have come in. <laughs> It was just... Uh, regardless, it was my story. I'm sticking to it. But we get there, and he, all I remember is now he's... I think I even asked you, because I'd ranged him 25 yards, and then he took two more steps. Now, if a deer takes two more steps, you add a yard, maybe two. If an elk takes two more steps, what do you add? Maybe four, maybe five yards? So I think you even said he's 30. I said I think it's 33. 30, 33 yeah. Is what you said. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I didn't. I was just judging. Right. I didn't have my range finder. Right. I was just judging. And I remember I came to full draw. Tanner's on him. I'm on him. Come to full draw, and I remember settling that pin, going, "Oh no, that's no, no. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And then I just remember squeezing through the shot. I'm committed. I am committed. I'm in a hundred percent. Arrow flies. And it hits him, and he kind of hops a little bit and starts to hop off. And you can see, I mean, the only thing keeping the arrow in was the fletch. fletch. But on the off side, it was a tin ring. On the the front side, my first reaction is I was low and back. And you you immediately said, no, that's a good hit. You're fine. Yeah. Dead dead bull. Dead bull. Yep. And so he works off a little bit. Cow's still standing right there. I mean, it's a shame we didn't find that bull. <laughs> okay, see what I see what I have to put up with, guys. This is this is the, the type of humor I'm not I'm not a fan of. <laughs> so, the bull hops off probably 50 yards. Uh, I don't even know if he went that far. Well, and then he bedded. Yep. And it was that type of bedding where you know he just f- looks okay, and then he lays down. And and when you you're like, okay, good. But his head's still up, right? And you're like, okay, just go down, go down. My first thought when he before he bedded is he stood there for a second. And I was looking for the weeble wobble where they weeble wobble and fall over, right? That's what I'm hoping for. I'm like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. But he bedded down and his head's still up. So I'm like, oh, no. And Sean keeps saying, don't worry. Good shot. Dead bull, dead bull. And then he stands up again. Well, he's 70, 80 yards um, he didn't stand up for long. And he took maybe two steps and went bedded back down again. And this time, he was a little bit lower, but you could just see the tips of his antlers. Yeah, he was laboring. So 
our concern now was bumping the cows. I wanted to go get another arrow in them, which we could have done. We could have done one of two things. We could have backed out, which would have been fine. Many, many times you need to back out, let them expire. But I also didn't, I've also seen the situation where you, they, the cows go over there, get him up, and then you never find him. All right? He gets moving, adrenaline rush, whatever. Or you go and you push it too quickly, and you get him up, you bump him. and But we knew where he was at, so that was the advantage we had. So you and I say, hey, let's see if we can get a little closer with the decoy and get another arrow in him. As we started moving, the cows actually then came across, and I was worried the cows were going to go bump him up, but they didn't. They didn't go all the way. They went. They looked at him, and then they started walking off, and we just used that decoy. And then we got to a point to where you could hear his labored breathing, and you said, just go on, go on up. Yeah, you go, 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 go by yourself and finish you know you you don't no one wants to watch them labor so, right. so I, arrow and I was really fortunate i had uh, an area where i could go and i don't think he would have stood up even if i would have walked upright he couldn't to, he couldn't at that and point. i i went ahead and, and put another arrow in him and, and he he expired quickly fast quickly. after that yeah, yeah for sure so from your vantage point talk us through what you were seeing because you didn't know where we were at you're literally just watching these cows and this bull. Yeah, so, you know, when Sean went over there, the the bull and the cows, they were out in the meadow, you know, you'd said maybe 80 to 100 yards. And so we're kind of thinking there's not much going on here. You know, they're just going to keep feeding their way out into the out into the meadow. And then we hear the old scapula strike silver on the uh, on the pine tree there, and you know, and you could see him start to slowly start walking back, and you know, just seeing the bull posturing, and every once in a while he'd sway his head back and forth in that classic manner, and you could see him his mouth opening and closing, but it seemed like from our perspective, those cows kind of went past him, and got in front of him, and we're like this is going to happen. You know, there, cause we had an idea, you know, a general idea where you, cause were you at. could hear us. Yep. And, um, and then to see him, uh, walk in there. But then when, when you guys were messing around with camera angles and you could see, and he couldn't, and you could shoot, but he couldn't see, it seemed like he was starting to like, he was going to get out of there. And then to in looking and then just seeing him jump. And it's like, Trevin just shot him. <laughs> and you know, he didn't go far at all, and you could tell pretty much immediately that it was a really good hit. Uh, he stopped, head was real low, and just bedded right down there. And so I think it was, um, like you said, we could you, you could have waited, but I think it was really ethical for you to step out and kind of take a little bit of that risk and just get that other arrow in him. I mean, they're, they're such a majestic animal. They're so big. But just being able to just see the whole interaction and the dynamic you know it's that's priceless yeah yeah and for for me walking up to that bull i i can't even explain what i was feeling it was uh, at first it was elation you know the, the adrenaline you know the and then then it's the kind of the adrenaline dump after and and the emotions hit and and just the idea of all of this 
coming to this amazing culmination of an adventure caught on camera, shared with good friends. It was it was an emotional moment for me. Yeah. Because I I picked his tried to pick his head up and I'm like, golly, I couldn't hardly pick his head up, and I I I was kind of in a little bit of a surreal dreamlike state if 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 you understand what i mean there did this just happen yeah and i think you know oftentimes when you draw these tags you know you hear this once in a lifetime it can put a lot of pressure on the hunt and could have put a lot of pressure on yourself and i think you know you really stepped into this to say hey i'm going to enjoy this hunt and i'm going to pick the bull and you know just when it's right it's going to be right um but it was you know, seeing how just everything couldn't have happened any better. Um, and it was just, it was a, a huge blessing to be part of it. Well, I'm glad you were here. I'm glad you all were here. And it was neat to see, Sean, you take, because i I got to be honest, I I knew you'd called in bulls to scapula. And, you know, you'd done that in the past and stuff like this. But I thought we were too early to get that type of response. I thought that would be the type of, re- of response we would get when bulls were more ruddy. So we're talking more toward the end of September, 1st of October. But when that you hit that scapula on that first tree and he turned and I'm like, he's coming. Then it's like, okay. And just to see that Montana decoy, that, that, that rack, and how you were using that. And I've seen people on, on TV and stuff where they use their bow. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a moose rack, right? It's a picture of a moose rack, and it's supported. And, and you would, you know, sway like this. And just the reaction of the way he responded, that was neat. That was, was a neat. lot of fun. Yeah. It was it was exciting to to know that you guys were back there, and at any minute, you know, they're going to sneak an arrow in him, and then <laughs> and then to have all my all my air kind of let out on my sail when I see you guys like twenty yards from me. <laughs> I'm going, wait a minute, you know, you're not supposed to be there. You're supposed to be back. What are you yeah. doing? But it was it was awesome. It was, and then you and know, I, again, I'm, when I walked up on the bull with you, mm-hmm. and you started you know having your emotion you you got me a little choked up too (laughs) it was it was cool what a majestic animal and you know sometimes you walk up and you see that there's ground shrinkage we had exactly the opposite of that i think when we actually could put our hands on just the mass of the horns the just the fronts and how truly big that they were and just the the sheer size of the animal and they're just um they're incredible I mean, what a, I mean, what a privilege it is to be able to have the opportunity and the freedom to be able to draw that tag, but to be able to really step into it the way you did. Well, I feel, I feel fortunate. I feel blessed to, to be in the position I'm in because I know people like Sean that have been putting in for so long. And uh, now you have killed a bighorn sheep. And your wife has killed a bighorn sheep. I mean, you've had your fair Two share of goats. Two mountain goats. And I, I think in that situation there, my mindset for from the start of the hunt to even that point was to enjoy every moment, to soak up every moment. And the camaraderie of the camp to me on this hunt was as important as the trophy class of bull 
if not more. When I decided to shoot him, I don't, I didn't, this didn't go through my mind, but as I'm standing there next to this amazing critter, this humongous Shirus moose, then it hit me. This was perfect. I had this incredible crew. That's what got me emotional. I had this incredible crew of people that have imparted wisdom, knowledge, care, love, support, all of them there. And then there's others that, that couldn't make it, but, but all of them there. And, I, and they got to witness this. And they'll get to witness it over and over from the lens of a camera, two different angles. Some Probably, I'm going to go on a limb and say some of the best footage that we have. That I mean, we've ever captured. I mean, to be honest, I mean, just of animals and of interactions, it's, it's going to be hard to top that. It's pretty money. Yeah. yeah. If I were to press record. Well, when you, when you, when you, <laughs> when you draw the, these here tags. goes the love again. It's like you said, all the, everybody that is hunting elk and other things in the unit, you know, when they find out you have a moose tag, everybody kind of comes together. They, yeah. they, they understand, hey, that's. That's, That's pretty special. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. thanks for thanks for letting me be a part of it. Well, thank you guys for being Heck here. Yeah. Thanks for Tanner, you wouldn't have missed it. You've it awesome. been here through the scouting and you were I mean, if you listen to the earlier Moose podcasts, you heard but the, the I don't know if you I told you this, Glenn, but the way we heard that I drew was I Tanner was at the office here, we were doing some editing and and I was out taking a break i was on the mower mowing something or other and tanner comes out and goes uh you know kind of i see him walk out and i turn the mower off he goes my buddy just drew a moose tag i said oh uh, uh, the draws are out i said oh, i should go check mine so i go in pull up my stuff and i look it's success successful and I stood up immediately. I said, Tanner, look at that. I don't. I, th- I think I read that wrong. Did I just draw a moose tag? And he goes, you did. And he goes, you drew the same moose tag from as my buddy. <laughs> so how crazy That's, is it? Yeah. They have four bull moose tags in this unit. And as we sit here in this Davis wall tent, less than a mile away. Quarter mile away. Not even planned. None of this was planned. Tanner's buddy, who also has the moose tag, is, is camping right over there. And so we've actually, it's been fun because he lives here locally and we've been sharing information. And it's not something that, again, like you said, it's such a special tag that you could see guys, oh, I have a tag, you have a tag. Well, I found this bull. I'm not going to tell you about that. And there's not that. There's yeah. not that. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Hopefully he... I really hope he kills a big, big bull. I really do. Well, he will take the time. Yeah. And he'll shoot it with a rifle if he needs to. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's he, not. he doesn't care. For me, I wanted to do it with a bow just because I wanted that that experience. Mm-hmm. Something about it. Not that Sage couldn't get 30 yards and shoot it with a rifle and yeah. be every bit as fulfilled. No, I'm not saying that. But for me, I know I have to get in close. I can't shoot him at 200 yards. And the footage just wouldn't be the same no. when you're shooting him at 150 or something. Well, that encounter with that bull would have been over in about 
less, yeah. less than five minutes because oh, yeah, he was sure. well within rifle range. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole time. You were yeah. gifted with about 50 minutes of just getting to see them doing exactly what moose do. Right. Um, and getting being it on moose. camera. Yep, mm -hmm. being moose. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, guys. Thanks. I can't wait to... Well, I want to look at the footage, but I can't wait to dive into the footage because for me, I'm probably going to head out before you look at the footage. Just so <laughs> <laughs> but for me, this is the the idea I have about how to share this adventure. I mean, the thoughts I had long before seeing moose, long before the first time I even came into this unit to start scouting. This hunt has unraveled not in a bad way but but it it has it has played out like like i was thinking with the camaraderie the friendships the 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 adventure being shared amongst um people that are important to me that have played a a, a huge role in, in my bow hunting um life my 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 growth um and then to have you guys all right there Every one of you saw the shot in person and through the lens, you know, two different lenses. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. I could go on and on. But been fun. Now uh, the hard work, we were very fortunate. The pack out wasn't that bad. And uh, Well, maybe for you. Well, <laughs> but let me just say this. I did pack the head and cape, and it was um, – really really heavy <laughs> and i probably it really really I, heavy. I probably looked like uh, a guy who had just learned to ski and that was going down the bunny slopes because i had sean's two poles and, and you're bumping into trees and i was bumping it you're not used to surprise we didn't call in another bull honestly <laughs> i was bouncing off of trees and then the, the it would get unbalanced and and i would have to put a pull down kind of like i was trying to make a turn the first time i'd ever turned on a mogul yeah. you know and yeah so. you probably had close to your body weight on your back so, yeah. yeah well i didn't have far to take him yeah and so that was fun my grandma said a long time ago that many hands make light work and and that goes not just with getting the bull out but this whole hunt of from the scouting to the Sean and your ideas that I would laugh at, but then look at what your idea came through. You know, you know how it is. Got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, it's the yellow willow leaves that really make it important. It's the, yeah. Yeah, the yellow willows. Remember the that. key for the residents. Hashtag of yellow willows. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for listening. Um, that really is sums up our Colorado moose hunt once in a lifetime for me an experience I'll never forget and one that I can't wait to share with people and I'm I'm excited to dive into the footage and and see how the story plays out you've so, got a great story to tell I do I do well thanks again as always I want to encourage you to go out and find that wild place that stirs your soul and embrace it. God bless, and we'll see you down the trail.